Uh, go ahead and turn over to page 416. 
Go ahead and turn to page 176. 
kind of makes me think of that song, When I Wake Up to Sleep No More. We must go to sleep in order to wake up. When you think about it in the spiritual context of things, and uh, one of these days uh, we will wake up to sleep no more. If you got your Bibles tonight, I will not. We're not going to cover all three pages of the notes that I have, but um, I've, I, last night was uh, studying on what I thought would be this morning's message, which was different from the things that I had started on earlier this week, and then found out uh, this morning that last night's thought, which was not this week's, but I thought would be this morning, was actually going to be tonight's. And when we got up this morning, started again in uh, studying and putting things in context and got onto a whole different subject matter. And so we, uh, tonight we're going to look at two words, keep my. Now you, you can just imagine what goes after that, right? Keep my what? Well, basically, the long and the short of it is you got to keep God's will, all right? Now, it does not say in the Word of God to keep my will anywheres, but if you would look at this Word, we'll find tonight that He lays out a whole bunch for us. First one is Ezekiel 44. If you would stand tonight, then we'll go and read a couple of verses, and then we'll go to the Lord in prayer. So Ezekiel chapter 44 um, you can go back a little further than what I will, but let's just look at 23 and 24. It says, And they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the profane. It's talking about the priest. And cause them to discern between clean, or excuse me, between the unclean and the clean. And in controversy, they shall stand in judgment. And they shall judge it according to my judgment. And they shall keep my laws and my statutes in all my assemblies, and they shall hollow my Sabbaths. Father, this evening, I thank you, Lord, for your love and mercy. Dear God, just ask you for clarity of mind and speech this evening. Give us the words we need, dear God, to deliver to these that are here. And Lord, we praise you and we thank you, Lord, for those also who have been attending online and downloading. Father, we praise you. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, and amen, amen. While you're seating, before I forget, um, I wanted to share this with you. I shared it with Sister Donna Faye Wednesday night, and I forgot to share this morning, but we were blessed to get our uh, sermon audio uh, in statement of, of our total downloads and then also of our usage for January. And since we've started this, we've had 8,000 people tune in to Messages. And in January, we had 21 countries tuning in. And so we thank all of those folks who, who, who watch online or come in and, and watch later on. But can I tell you, there's people who want to do exactly what this word Bible is telling us and that we're needing to keep. And so I said all that just so I would not forget to say it. But I'm grateful that we as a church have kept God as a center point. And while we're not perfect again... We've strove to do this, and in so doing, we've been able to reach uh, that many 
uh, areas and bless, uh, be blessed of folks who are, who are tuning in there. But anyways, let's go back to this. And they shall teach. Now we're just supposed to teach the people of God to discern and know the difference between the holy and the profane and, and the clean and the unclean. But look at what he says. And in controversy, have we not lived in a land of controversy over the past uh, several decades, I would say there. It hasn't been just in a few years. It's been going on for years and years and years. And the controversy has always been what is right and what is wrong, what is good and what is bad. And the whole matter of the subject could come back down to this. If people would get their hearts right with God, we would understand the difference between right and wrong again. It would be real simple for me to stand up here tonight and just say, you know what, we know what's right and we know what's wrong. We know what's good and what's bad. We know what's holy and unholy. If we read the scriptures, we can find that. Uh, but can I tell you, we honestly need to pray more that folks who are supposed to be Christians will discern between right and wrong, between holy and unholy, between clean and unclean. Because there's a lot going on today that has controversy to the word of God and the will of God and the plan of God. And he said this, so in controversy, when there's a dispute over the matter, he said they shall stand in judgment. You and I are the ones who are looking at what's going on today. And he says, and they shall judge it according to my judgments, according to God's judgment. And he said, and look what he said, and they shall keep my laws. When there's discerning to be done, we need to stand with God and stand upon the word of God and not let that fall away or fall short in any way there. So in this verse of scripture where we're looking at, uh, they shall keep my laws and my statutes in my assemblies. That's in the house of God and the people of God. And they shall hollow my Sabbaths. Uh, church, can I tell you this? Uh, I shared the, with you uh, uh, last week, I believe it was, Brother Reg Carley had shared about a young man uh, who was told that he had to take off his shirt that said Jesus saves in a, in a mall somewhere. And, and so the thing going on there, I've also heard of people who are, are, are being told they can't uh, talk about Jesus anymore in their workplaces. And you know what? The, uh, there, there's a lot of that going on. Don't talk about politics in church or don't talk about church and politics and I'm just telling you when it comes down to the debate we need to stand on what is right and stand on the word of God our children are told they can't pray in school I'm here to tell you they can pray in school the problem we've got is we changed the word of God then we took the word of God out of schools and we took prayer out of schools and we did all of these things in hopes that we would make a more peaceful place and it does not cause peace it has caused chaos and destruction and I will say this, there are some teachers today that I would not want to be leading my kids or grandkids if they was to go to school in prayer because they would not pray to my God, the God of creation. They would pray to some other Muhammad God or Allah God or something like that. Or maybe they just turn around and pray to the pencil sharpener. I don't know. I don't want them leading my children in prayer or grandchildren. And, and the books that they've got don't have anything to say about the Bible. And if the teacher does say anything about the Bible, it's how that the Bible is wrong and the Bible's racist and the, and the Bible's homophobic. And, and you just go on down the line there. And basically what it is is the, the Bible is all right and good and is perfect in the will of God. The, the teacher is wrong. And so you got to look at these things and understand that in controversy, we're supposed to stay with God. And not get away from that. But we've gotten away from God in hopes to make in peace. You can't make peace with the world when you belittle God. 
So going on over, if you would, to the book of Zechariah, the third chapter. This is another place where the two words are put together, but it's a different one. Zechariah chapter 3, if you would go there tonight. And, and we'll start back here in verse 6. And it says, And again the angel of the Lord prophesied unto Joshua, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, If thou wilt walk, now look at this church, If thou wilt walk in my ways, and if thou wilt keep my charge, you understand there, there's something to be said there. What God has spoken, his, his charge, what his spoken word is, or what his leadership is. As we said, you know, the Bible says where there's no vision, the people perish. Well, the vision is the word of God. That is God's charge to you and I. So again, Zechariah chapter 3, he said this in, in verse 7, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, If thou wilt walk in my ways, and thou wilt keep my charge, then thou shalt judge my house, and thou shalt also keep my courts, and I will give thee, excuse me, give thee places to walk among these that stand by. Here now, O Joshua, the high priest, look at to me. The charge to Joshua, the charge to you and I, is to hold on to God. And God said, that if you do this, you'll be able to walk in amongst. And you'll see what's right and you'll see what's wrong. Now, you and I, we begin to judge what's right and what's wrong. People say, you know what? The Bible says, judge not lest you be judged. And that's right. Don't sit on a bar stool smoking a cigarette, drinking a beer, and tell the guy next to you he's going to hell because he's sitting on the bar stool drinking a beer and smoking a cigarette. That's what it's talking about. But if you're going to live right for God, you can look down the road and you can see what's going on and you can tell people if you continue to go in the direction you're going, you will not make heaven your home. I'm not judging you. I'm telling you what thus saith the word of God. You're going to have to live according to his will, his word, and his way. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 32. You don't have to turn to all these. I'm not going to hit every verse that I've got tonight, but these are just separate ones here. There's two places in this scripture where it's found this, and one of them's Proverbs 7 and 1. The other one's John 14 and 23. And look at these words. My son, keep my words. That's real simple, is it not? What, what standard do we have? What charge do we have? What laws do we have? Well, they're all God's. So my son, keep my words and lay up my commandments with thee. Don't, don't walk away. Hey, do you realize over and over in the Bible, and I didn't look all of this up there, but I, but I thought there was 43 times that the two words keep my were found together. I tried to just uh, get the ones applying uh, to, to God's word and God's will. But, but when you look at it this way, he says, keep my words and lay up my commandments with thee. In John 14, 23, Jesus answered and said unto them, if a man love me, he will keep my word. Now, Proverbs is the book of wisdom, the book of instruction, the book of telling you and I how to live for God, right? It's, it's telling us to seek out wisdom and understanding and follow after it and hold it and cling to our lives. And so he says, my son, keep my words. Why? God wrote down what we are supposed to live by. It's not a guessing game. It's real simplistic. I mean... 
You know, again, go back to things that we say. God says, don't chew bubble gum, don't chew bubble gum. But don't tell me God said for me not to chew bubble gum unless you can find it there in the Word. God's Word is what we're supposed to live by. We have personal convictions in our own lives, and I understand that. But truthfully tonight, you know what? The one thing we can't change is the Word of God. We should follow it. So my son, keep my words. Lay up my commandments with thee. And Jesus followed up and said, Jesus answered and said unto them, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my Father will love him. And we will come unto him. And make our abode with him. Church, listen to the promises that God gave to those who would keep the words. I mean, think about this. Jesus, it'd be like saying to Brother Johnny, Jesus said, Brother Johnny, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, my words. Brother Johnny says, I love him. Jesus says, well, I'm coming to you then. And know what? Think about this. Not only am I coming, my Father loves you. And we're coming to you. And we're going to make our abode with you. Can I say to you tonight as every born again believer in the house this evening. That God loves us when we love him. And it's true there. If we keep his word. His father will love us. Hey he has come. They have come. Why? How do I know this? And and I I, I looked this up tonight. I'm going to tell you something. This ain't part of the message. But the word Godhead is only found three times in scripture. Guess what? The word Right, The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. There are three different verses where the Godhead is found, and it all talks about the Godhead and what it is. But guess what? The Godhead abodes with us when we keep His words. How else do I stand here tonight? The presence and the power of the Holy Ghost in my life and in your life. I mean, come on, church. The power of the Holy Ghost moving and stirring in our lives will make us more than we ever thought we could be. We keep looking down and saying, you know what? There ain't much going on. And I say it again like I said it this morning. If you want something good to happen, you got to put something into it. You want a good revival? Pray and show up. Going on, the next one is keep my saying. Verily, verily, I say unto you, John chapter 8, verse 51 and 52. If a man keep my sayings, he shall never see death. Remember, when I wake up to sleep no more, Jesus said, y'all, they, though they may, though, excuse me, they shall, although this flesh is dead, the spirit's alive. I'll get it out in one way or the other. Though they die, yet shall they live. The resurrection of the dead. I'm thankful for that this evening. I don't know if it's this one or this one over here. Y'all are a little loud tonight. But Jesus told us to keep his sayings. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, If a man keep my sayings, he shall never see death. In 52, he said, Then said the Jews unto him, now we know that thou art devil, Abraham. 
excuse me, Abraham is dead, the, and the prophets, and thou sayest, if a man keep my sayings, he shall never taste death. Hey, can I tell you, right there, church, for just a second, Jesus was talking to them in a way they couldn't understand because they kept saying, he's dead, physically he's dead. You know why? They have no hope in the resurrection. Jesus was talking about the resurrection from the dead, and they that there, then the time, didn't believe in Jesus, and they did not believe in the resurrection. I believe in the resurrection from the dead. I believe one of these days graves is going to burst open, just like the Bible says. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then, hey, listen to me, church. Can I tell you something? When you and I see or hear the trumpet, it's going to happen so fast. But the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet him in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Can I tell you, when we see the graves burst, and it won't be long before we're gone, the problem is, is when the graves burst and the child of God is taken out, there is no hope for those who are lost. Don't be looking for revivals to break out when the Spirit of God has been removed from the world. It don't happen that way. Jesus said, wow, you have the light. Wow, I may be found, God said. Seek me while I may be found. Because the other scripture that a lot of folks don't want to listen to is, he said, my spirit shall not always strive with man. Right now, God's not walking hand in hand with us in that type of striving. It's not like we're having this toad sack race. You ever been in a three-legged race, you put your put one leg in the tater bag and somebody else puts their leg in the tater bag and you take off or sometimes they just tie your ankles and legs together there and you take off. It's not like that type of a stride. God, God is talking about he's not always going to come down and be convicting man and, and trying to change their hearts. One of these days he's going to withdraw that spirit of conviction and church I'm here to tell you when God removes the spirit it's going to be ugly. The next one I want to look at for just tonight is found three times. We'll cover one of them in Psalms 132.12 if you want to turn there. Psalms 132.12. Let me turn back there and grab a few extras. I want you to look at this. If you just drop back there, we'll go back to verse 9 anyways. He said, let thy priest be clothed with righteousness, and let thy saints shout for joy. Boy, I thought about this. The shout's gone, the victory's gone, the victory's gone because we ain't following the right leader. You ever thought about that? If we start following the Lord, the victory comes. The victory comes, the shout comes. I mean, people start to believe again. People start to follow again. I mean, the light begins to gloom in the lives of, of the children of God, and it shines in the light of those who don't see right now. He said, For thy servant David's sake, turn not away thy face from thy anointed. The Lord has sworn in truth unto David. He will not turn from it. Listen to me. God made a covenant of back time. God, God made a 
plan and, and, and he started with the covenant of Abraham. We understand the covenant of circumcision, but the covenant of circumcision was greater than the circumcision of the flesh because it was ultimately leading to the circumcision of the heart. David followed in the covenant. God had a covenant with David that there would not fail to be a man that sat upon his throne if David would follow God all the days of his life. David was imperfect, but in the end we know this. David was a man after God's own heart. David was an apple of God's eye. If we look at what it is, David was not perfect, but David loved the Lord. David's testimony that he had was this, that whenever Solomon was made king, God told Solomon, if you follow me like your father David. Think about it, church. So verse 11 again, the Lord has sworn in truth unto David. He will not turn from it of the fruit of my, thy body. Will I set up my throne? We know Jesus came. If thy children will keep my covenant. Listen to it, church. Hold on to what God's word has to say. If thy children will keep my covenant and my commandment, that I shall teach them, their children shall also sit upon thy throne forevermore. One of these days we will stand with the Lord. Now think about this. The, the Bible teaches things that I, I honestly do not comprehend in some aspects that we will one day uh, rule and reign that the children of Israel will one day rule and reign with the Lord and, and they talk about the thousand years I'll be honest with you I believe it because the Bible says it but you want me to try to teach you I, I, I'm not there I cannot comprehend all of that but I believe absolutely every word that the Bible says I don't believe it's mythology I don't believe it's a mistake that was, shouldn't have been written there I don't need to believe it needs to be pulled out I just believe what the Bible and if you look at what he just said here he said going on he said if they keep his covenant and his testimony that they shall teach them that he shall teach them and their children shall also sit upon the throne forevermore. There's going to be an elevation there, uh, friend. And it's, it's not that we're going to be elevated equal with God or equal with Christ. It's just that Christ is going to be able to show us how. And we're going to be those that sit there. Can you imagine being around the throne of God? Going on. As if we keep his covenant. Several times, several times, I don't know how many times exactly, I didn't count them all up, but, but listen to me. Several times the Bible tells us that we are to keep his Sabbath. Leviticus is full of it. In chapter 19 it's found twice. But look at verse 3, if you want to just turn there to Leviticus 19. We'll read a couple of different places here. It said, You shall fear every man his mother and his father. What does the Bible tell us in Proverbs? To honor our mother and father that our days upon the earth may be long. What did the Ten Commandments tell us? Thou shalt honor thy mother and thy father. So he's not breaking anything. But then he says this, And keep my Sabbath. I am the Lord your God. In verse 30, ye shall keep my Sabbaths and reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. 
And it goes on and repeats it again in, uh, in Leviticus. Then in Isaiah, uh, you, you can find even more there. In Kings, it talks about it there. Uh, uh, but, excuse me, in, in Isaiah, I've jumped ahead myself here. Forgive me for that. But he tells us to keep his Sabbath. And that this, 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 it's four times. Keep my Sabbaths. Church, we ought to follow the gospel in that. Again, in Leviticus, in the 18th chapter, if you're still there in the 19th chapter, go back one. And you shall therefore keep my statutes. All this is telling us that the word of God is something that we should hold on to and follow. It may change the, the word in what it says, where it, whether it says the law or charge, way, words, uh, sayings, uh, covenant, Sabbath. It's all about being obedient unto God. And remember what the Bible told us. If we do this, God loves us and abides with us. So why would we not want to do it? Why, why would we look at the word of God and say, you know, that really don't pertain to me? Or I don't think it's that vital. If God is consistently, constantly telling us from the Old Testament to the New Testament that we need to keep his will, and that's why I summed it up in those little words, that little, one little word, his will. His word is his will. His law is his will. His charge is his will. His saint is his will. His covenant is his will. His statutes is his will. His commandments is his will. If God didn't mean for us to keep them, he would have never said for us to follow. Look what he said. I'll finish reading the verse. Verse 18, chapter 18 rather, Leviticus, verse 5. Ye shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgment, which I, which if a man do, he shall live in them. I am the Lord. Can I tell you the word live there applies not to just this life, but the life hereafter. When God talks about living, we, we oftentimes see that as, I, I, I don't know how to put it, one-dimensional. That, would that be fair enough to say? We just see it for right here. Everything's about right here. It's like I was saying last week. God, God talking about keeping his word that, and following him that he would make them fat. And he was talking about the abundance that they could have here. But more importantly, the abundance of life that they would have going on. And in this thing here, he's talking again. In this word here, he's talking about living. And, and in the, life, the living that we have down here is temporary. But the life that we have hereafter is eternal. And I know this, that everything God has asked me to do is just for my benefit so that I can get to where he is and be with him forever. It's not to make me powerful and known down here. It's so that you and I can be his children here doing his will here, but when we get there, we get to live with him forever. Amen. Look at this. Go over to the 16th chapter of the book of Exodus. Got my bookmarks in different places, and I'm not hitting the ones that I've got. Exodus chapter 16. 
verse 27 says, And it came to pass that there went out some people, and look at this, Six days thou shalt labor, six days thou shalt gather the manna, six days thou shalt gather the quail, gathering up on the sixth day so that you don't do anything on the seventh day. Don't break the Sabbath. And it came to pass that there went out some people on the seventh day for to gather, and they found none. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long refuse ye to keep my commandments and my laws? Church, how long? And just think about this. God said that if they would do it, they would be blessed. But if they refused to follow his will, his commandments, they would be cursed. You, you can't gather too much without it spoiling. That's what he said the first way around. The second one is, is that on the sixth day you gather enough for the seventh day, but you don't gather too much because, again, it's going to spoil but there were some who didn't follow the will of God and they didn't gather enough and they went out on the Sabbath day to gather. There was nothing there. Hey, God, God wasn't there. He didn't go down to Moses and say, listen, I'm sorry there's nothing there to be gathered. Instead he comes and he says, how long are you going to refuse to keep my commandments? How long do we refuse to keep the commandments of God and expect God to just keep doing what he's doing? Church, if we don't do what God would have us to do, we don't deserve to have what God has to give. And we're not going to get it either, by the way. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. We know that. We understand there are blessings that we don't deserve that we've gotten because God has blessed others around us. But there's also things that we could have that we don't have because we won't do what God wants us to do. And by the way, in the end, here's the deal. Not... And, and, I, and I don't know how to preach this outside of preaching to you and I that are here. And I know I'm preaching to the choir here. But, but everybody who dies does not go to heaven. There are folks in hell. And there's more in hell than there is in heaven. And there will be more going there than those that go to heaven. And I don't care how much you love them. If they don't give their heart to Jesus and follow him, they're not going. Just, it's one of those things. Let me jump on past this. We've got just a minute. I wanted to gather, get to the next one. The New Testament part of keeping my commandment. Go to John chapter 14 if you would. Let me read a couple of them while you're going to John 14. In Proverbs chapter 3, it's 3 verse 1 says, My son, forget not my law, but let thy heart keep my commandments. In Proverbs chapter 7 verse 2, it says, Keep my commandments and live in my law as the apple of thine eye. Church, it's by no mistake that God has told us these things. 
It's by no mystery that God has asked us to do these things. And if you stop to think about it this evening, look at that again. Just not looking at it, but hold on to what I'm saying. Keep my commandments and live. And again, he's not talking about just in this life. In my laws as the apple of thine eye. What is your desire and my desire? It ought to be to do the will of God. So John 14. Go backwards just a couple of verses to verse 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, he also shall do, or also shall the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my Father's name, that will I do, that my Father may be glorified in the Son. Now this verse is not saying name it, claim it. It's saying if you ask in the Father's name. In other words, asking in the Father's name is like this. Lord, what would you have me to do? God, would you have me to have that? Lord, will you touch this one? And by the way, the Bible says the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. An earnest prayer, a honest prayer, a true prayer, a heart prayer. A lot of people today are praying from the head and not from the heart. Going on, he says, in verse 14, If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Verse 15, If you love me, keep my commandments. Now, church, we've already seen the Lord say it. We've seen Jesus say it. or say, say We've seen Jesus say it now a couple of times. In this aspect, if you love me, keep my commandments. If we love him, we will keep his statutes. We will keep his covenant. We will keep his words. But but this, look at this. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. That's the Holy Ghost presence in our lives, the comforter, the spirit of God, however you want to look at it. The third part of the Trinity in the Bible is why? Because if we love him, we keep his commandments, and when we keep his commandments, he's going to keep us. And then the next place, the last place we'll look at is John chapter 15. Look down there, verse, verse 6, we'll, we'll start with there, or verse 5. Actually, we can start all the way back, but if we keep going back, we'll, I won't get too far. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches, verse 5. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. 
Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Now, if if people say today, and I know I've heard this all all throughout my life, and, and even today, people say, well, you know what? The Bible, the Old Testament, the commandments, that was back then. Jesus said it in the New Testament. Guess what he said? If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And what? My commandments are not grievous. To the child of God, it ought to be a beautiful thing to be able to walk upright with the Lord. And you know what? Again, when we mess up, confess up so we can get straight and go up. But but it's one of those deals that when we look at it today, people say, well, that's back then. Listen to me. Jesus said, and then he said this, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. It's one thing to know he loves me. It's another thing to abide in the love. He's not just talking words. He's illustrating facts. But look what he said. Even as I have kept my father's commandments. What an example to follow there, right? And abide in his love. And so we know that Jesus is to you and I our our way of salvation. But can I tell you, the Bible is not telling us to follow the laws of sacrifice but it is telling us to keep the will of God. And again, you can say it through keep my laws, keep my charge, keep my words, keep my saying, keep my covenant, keep my Sabbath, keep my statutes, keep my commandments. It's all about being obedient and following the Lord. Would you stand with us this evening? Father in heaven, tonight we thank you, Lord, for your many blessings. We thank you, dear God, for your love, your mercy, and your grace. And thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be in your house this evening. For each and every one that's here, precious God. Lord, we thank you for the gathering time we had prior to service. Lord, we pray, Father, if you allow us to gather again in the next time, Lord, we do our best to lift you up and show our love for you. Dear God, as we get prepared to walk out of this building tonight, Lord, I pray our hearts would be prepared to meet you if we should leave this walk of life before we meet again. Now, Lord, we ask you to, Father, just touch and guide and direct every heart and every life. And we give you glory, Father, in Jesus' name. And amen and amen. Anything on anybody?